Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Flare Aviation Podcasts. I'm your host, Riley, and today we have episode number 17. Before we get started today, I just want to give a quick shout out to NRAD Exam Prep. Uh, for any of you that don't know, they're currently trying to change the face of online exam prep for specifically Canadian pilots. Um, they basically essentially want to help you prepare for your uh, Transport Canada NRAD exam, and they use active and passive learning styles. Um, if you're looking to reach out to them, you can either reach out to Jason or Dean. They're both really good guys. Um, they care about your success. They want to see you pass your exam with flying colors and do extremely good. Um, if you choose to get their course, um, you can find the course, by the way, through my uh, my bio. There's a link in there that takes you right to their website. And if you use Flare 10 on the, the checkout, you can get 10% off the course. And without further ado... We're going to welcome DeMarco to the show today. So welcome to the show, buddy. What's going on, man? Not too much. How about you? Doing good. Looking forward to talking aviation, man. Looking yeah. forward to it. It's always fun, man. It's always fun. Yeah. Um, so yeah, for, for everyone that doesn't know you, where are you from and how did you get your start in aviation? So I am from kind of all over the United States. Um, my dad actually is a KC-10 pilot in the Air Force. So as a kid, I moved all around. Um, I was born in Connecticut. I moved to California, Mississippi, back to California, Washington. Uh, I lived in Texas for a little bit. Uh, my first duty station in the Air Force, I actually um, enlisted out of uh, high school, and I'll get to that story later on. But I uh, enlisted and went, I got stationed in South Carolina. And I got to, I was uh, lucky to be able to watch F 16s take off every day. <laughs> and then went to Kunsan Air Base, South Korea, where, again, I was blessed to watch F-16s take off every single day. And now I'm at Joint Base Andrews, and I get to see from so many different aircraft, from Gulfstreams, the C-32s, which are 757s, uh, Air Force One, helicopters. It's it's awesome. But uh, I got started into aviation, um, I would like to say... Not really at a young age, like how everyone has that, you know, that cool story, like, oh, I was five and I knew I wanted to be a pilot. Um, I was around aviation practically my whole life, um, but I never thought that I could do it. I didn't have that confidence. You know, I looked up to my dad and I was like, this guy is like a brainiac. He's super smart. Um, yeah. And it was intimidating. And I just never thought... I, not that it, when I was younger, I didn't think that I wanted to not, like, I didn't want to be a pilot. I just had different aspirations. I went through, like, you know, the Marine phase. Then I went through, like, oh, I want to be in the NFL. Um, and I always wanted to be in law enforcement as a kid. And, uh, but aviation, my first, I think I took my first ride when I was, like, 11 years old with the Boy Scouts. I went in a little tail dragger and went up with some uh, some private pilot who was taking all our whole troop up and, but, uh, I got into aviation. I think my interest was really sparked when, uh, I went to South Korea and, um, I was stationed out there. I was working on my degree. I decided to do a legal studies degree. And I remember I was out with my grandpa and my girlfriend. I was visiting them back in the States, uh, for about 30 days when I was out in Korea. And, uh, I told them, hey, look, I'm going to do a legal studies degree. I think I want to go to law school. And they're like, you will hate it. And I was like, no, I think I'd really like the challenge. Uh, and I took all the legal studies courses. And I was like, yep, nope, not doing law school. <laughs> that is not my thing. So um, I remember, you know, my parents always encouraged me um, to pursue aviation. I had applied for the Air Force Academy while I was enlisted. And I didn't get in. So that kind of shot me down again at like, the hopes of flying. But uh, my girlfriend was always like, no, you should really pursue flying. And then I met this uh, master sergeant at Kunsan Air Base, Master Sergeant Brosman. Um, we at, at Kunsan, there's like this tradition that every squadron has a bar. Um, and every flying squadron in the Air Force has one, but the culture at Kunsan, it's only military members. So it's a lot different. Um, and I remember we were at our squadron bar one night and um, he was like, oh, yeah, I'm pursuing my private pilot or license. And I was like, no way. Like, I've always wanted to do that. And then he had just asked me, he's like, well, why haven't you done it? And I was like, uh, I really didn't have an answer. So that <laughs> kind of like drove me to do it. So 
when I was in Korea, I just kind of lived bare. I saved a lot of money. And when I got back, um, I signed up for uh, my first flight. I didn't even do an intro flight. I was like, I just want to go all in. Like, you know, I've always wanted to do it, but I never had the confidence. And I finally just, I was pretty intimidated, but I just dove in, um, started at a school out in Montgomery County in Maryland. Uh, It didn't work out. Um, It just, the school wasn't right for me. So I switched over to a a smaller school out in Bowie, Maryland, uh, freeway aviation. And I started out with an instructor. Uh, He was awesome, but COVID hit and he ended up going back home uh, to California. And, you know, we had that kind of gap of not flying. And then I got another instructor who, I mean, this guy is like an aviation wizard, but yeah, he, he got me uh, to the point where I could do my check ride, and here I am, a private pilot. Jeez. I know that was kind so of long. long yeah, um, how long did it take from start to finish? So I was going to ask. So I started in August of 2019. I was at uh, my first school for about three or four months, and then I kind of realized it wasn't the right fit for me. I was maybe 10 hours in, and um, I was actually going to a Luke Combs concert in Philadelphia. Uh, with my girlfriend and some friends and we passed by my airport on the way Uh, and it's called freeway aviation because there's this freeway right as you're coming in over final on one eight so i just was driving down the freeway and i was like no way there's an airport like 30 minutes from the house um and then i flew at freeway from i believe it was like december to to now but i did my check ride only a couple weeks ago so it was okay. in November, yeah. So it's been pretty new for you. Yeah, yeah, very. Yep. Okay. Well, congrats, man. First yeah, of thanks. all, just just to get that out of the way, congrats on getting the license. And it's it sounds like an experience too, because I mean, going from one airport to another, first of all, like that's it's a lot of uh, new stuff. Mm-hmm. You're learning kind of like a whole different setup, and I mean, even like just taxiing around is is so different because now you got to learn new taxiways, different runways, like every airport kind of does things a little bit differently. So, I mean, that's, it's crazy just to get over that first like hurdle and, you know, keep it going. Yeah. And I was lucky that both, they were both uncontrolled fields and they were the first field. It was Montgomery County, I believe was a little bit, it was a little bigger than mine, but it was, it had a single strip. Um, There was a, there was only one taxiway. uh, And then, the airport that I fly out of now, Freeway uh, uh, Whiskey Zero Zero, it's twenty four hundred feet long, forty feet wide. Okay, it's a it's a tough runway. It's extremely small. Like you taxi up a hill, it's really it's a uh, it's not bougie. I'll say that. But it, <laughs> but I mean, at the end of the day, too, like like training out of those airports that are small. Like, I mean, I've learned this kind of like the opposite way because the airport I train out of is like. Uh, like we have a tower and stuff, so we're controlled. But every time we go out to like the smaller uncontrolled airports, like, and you get smaller runways, smaller everything, like it's definitely a challenge. So I, I have tons of respect for people who've flown out of uncontrolled airports and like do all their training out of there because like it, it honestly helps you a lot skill wise because it just trains you to like land a lot shorter and not have as much space for air or stuff like that. Yeah, yeah, no, that's true. But the one I say the one downfall is you get into a controlled field and then you hear someone talking to you and you're like, you freeze up. You're like, wait, what do I say? Uh, <laughs> you're like, hold on. Yeah, you're not used to asking for permission. Yeah. Right? <laughs> you're just like, hey, I'm, I'm going to do this. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So you're like, what would you say as far as like balancing the military and like the flying you're doing on the side like would you say it's hard to do would you say it's like you found kind of a good rhythm for it um so with it's difficult i'm i'm a full-time student um the military is it's a 365 24 hour 24 7 hours a day you know job but uh i think if you want it enough you'll make time and it might not be you know, you don't get into that nice rhythm where you're like, oh, everything's working out good. No, like some days you're going to be like, I am tired and I do not want to do this. Like I had some days, I love flying, but I would wake up on an off day at six o'clock in the morning to go fly at eight o'clock. And I'd be like, I wish I was in bed right now. Like, please like yes. check for a flight and be like, what's the visibility? Is it, what's the cloud ceiling? Uh, I'm, uh, I'm flying. Okay. Well, I got to get up. 
but yeah, I, I work a day shift. So I get up at three o'clock in the morning. I am at work by four 30, but the upside is I get off at 1230. Um, okay. and so after that, I mean, some days I can get some homework in at work, but most of the time I, I can't, and I would get off work. And the first thing I would do is drive straight to the airport. I would file my flight plan because, uh, where we fly out of is in the, the SFRA, the special flight rules area for DC. So you have to file a flight plan. You have to get a squawk. Yeah. If you're flying outside the pattern, you have to get a frequency. So there's a, there's a lot more that goes into planning for the flight. So I would be in the yeah. car, like talking to the briefer, um, and I would get to the airport and I would, I felt like, you know, I was like goose or maverick cause I'm in my uniform cause I didn't even have time to change. And yeah, I would get to the airport, you know, first thing I would do is walk in, grab that clipboard, go out, pre-flight the plane and go fly with my instructor. Or if I was doing some solo work and then I had about another 45 minute commute home and with DC traffic, cause I have to go through the city to get back to where yeah. I live. Um, I live out in Virginia, but I flew out in Maryland so it's a little bit of a commute. Um, the traffic would add some time on my route home and I would get home and study for my check ride, do homework. It was, it was a lot. It's a busy day. Yeah. Yeah. But it was a hundred, I would never change it for anything. And I would always encourage anyone to do it because just aviation is, it teaches you so many things and it pushes you to your limits. Um, you know, that song, push it to the limit off top gun. Like, oh yeah. oh yeah, like, but that song makes sense because, like, you can relate. You're like, like, not even pushing sure. the aircraft to the limit because we're not flying F 18s, but it's just like, but you still, know, you push it to the limit. The like, thing. yeah, you like really get after it and you grind, and it just teaches you a lot about yourself. And it, you can prove a lot to yourself, like, no, I can do this because it is very intimidating getting in, looking at aviation well, from the outside in. Like, I, I really do like the fact, too, that you mentioned, like, if you if you want it enough, you'll get it. Like, that's a very, like, that's really inspirational, first of all. And also, like, it's it's very true because in, in life, you can never really plan what's going to happen. Mm -hmm. And you can never, like, it's always going to go another way, even if you want it to go somewhere else, yep. you know. And sometimes you get busy. Sometimes, you know, other things happen. And if you're still like, if you're pursuing something, it's, it's about being resilient and it's about being able to bounce back every single time and keep showing up and keep flying. Like, and I think, honestly, I think everybody's had that throughout their training, no matter what stage they're in. Like, I feel like once you get your PPL done, you continue moving with something else. Like there's always challenges along the way, but it's always about like how you bounce back and show up again and just like, keep doing it. That's what makes you better. Yeah. And it's, it's those those tough days that you learn the most from, especially like those mistakes or, you know, those moments where you kind of mm -hmm. freak yourself out or you have a like, a, oh, you know, oh shit moment in the plane. Um, yeah, it's just those type of, you know, moments or days that you learn the most, because if you go up on a great flight and you're like, man, today was easy, you know, it was so smooth. Everything was awesome. Well, you didn't mm -hmm. progress as a pilot like you, you kind of stayed stagnant. It's those days where things are tough. You know, the weather might not be the greatest that, you know, you might have a little bit of crosswind or you might have a difficult landing, yeah. but you walk away and you learn something from it. Oh, for sure. And like, if you fly in good weather every single day, you'll, you'll never learn. Yeah. You'll never like expand your, like your skill set, and you'll never, you'll never be able to really like truly progress. Cause you have to have those days. Like, and that's the thing too, like it's the most frustrating thing and you end up like kicking yourself so much when you have those bad days. But the funny thing is you never like make the same mistakes mm -hmm. again after you have days that like really sit you down and make you like frustrated. Oh yeah. You always like, you always remember those days. Like, and I'm like, you're at the end of your, your PPL stage now. I'm sure you can look back and already remember like certain flights you've had that didn't go the best. And it's cause you, you never forget those little mistakes and those things. And that, that kind of follows you as far as like your progression, no matter what stage you're at like it follows you and just kind of helps you like remember that you messed up this time, but we're not going to do it when we go back this time and fly. Like it's, it's a good teacher. That's for sure. Yeah. I, I remember there was one day that I went out and I did my first lap in the pattern. I came in and a tailwind, uh, and the winds were kind of variable oh, and I caught a tailwind. And I mean, this runway is, I was coming over the interstate and I caught a thermal. So it kind of threw me up and I tried to kind of put the nose a little bit down to, get back down. I was kind of ballooning up and then I went into the flare and I wasn't, you know, 
I just kept floating and floating and floating. I'm like, oh crap, what's going on? And at the time I didn't realize that my airspeed was, I was going like, I think 75 knots, you're supposed to be going 60. Um, and I tried to yeah. put the nose down to, you know, stop floating. And I touched down nose first and I porpoised down the runway. And I, I mean, I walked away from it. The aircraft was fine. I was fine. Any good landing, any landing is a good landing, but it wasn't a great one. Yeah. And I, I heard uh, one of the guys that was working the FBO and he's just like all over, just right over the CTAF, like, hey, DeMarco, come and park it. And I was like, oh, man. And I was like, well, luckily, <laughs> you know, my CFI left already. And no, he had just been walking out and saw it. And I just felt awful. But I remember, you know, the day that I passed my check ride, that I remember that day, like, man, I've came a long way since that day I porpoised down the runway, like, and it was just mm -hmm. such a good feeling. And I was like, oh, man, but it, it's not over. I mean, you know, a, a good pilot's always learning. And I, yeah, if, well, that's, that's the best thing to keep in mind, too. Like, for me, I always try to remember that exact thing. Like, you're always, you're always learning and it never ends mm -hmm. because the weather always changes and everything always changes. Like, aviation's not just like a, like monday to friday nine to five office job like it's always there's always new things happening and like it's always like moving yeah. weather's moving you know like there's different types of traffic there's different like problems and like puzzles to deal with every single time you go out there yeah no yeah you're you're very right it uh it's just constantly you always got to be one step ahead always mm -hmm. Yeah, you can never let the airplane fly you. You always have to fly the airplane. Yeah. That's that's the one thing I always tell myself and try to keep in mind is like you always have to be ahead of like your your next step. You always have to know what you're gonna do and you always have to like be able to like vision it. That's the that's the number one thing I think is being able to like vision how you're gonna do something. Like you you see how you're gonna land, you know how you're gonna approach. Like you can vision that in your head first and try to figure it out and it becomes a lot easier as you're doing yeah. it. No, yeah, it, it really does. So, um, well, like what made you want to join the military as well? I was going to ask. So that. I had the option of going to community college or joining the, the air force. Uh, I didn't want to like take on any debt going to a four year school. And I mm -hmm. just decided, you know, I'm going to enlist. And when I enlisted, I had talked to my dad cause I was like, you know, I, I do want to, you know, I want to commission. I want to be a pilot. So I applied for the Air Force Academy. I got my congressional nomination, mm -hmm. but my SAT scores weren't competitive enough. And I was just, I decided I was going to start classes. I started classes at the University of South Carolina. And uh, from there, I mean, my my career, I I was in South Carolina for about 18 months and then went to Korea. Uh, and I switched schools there to a, a smaller school that had uh, quicker courses. And then I PCSed out to, to Washington, D.C., and here I am now. Um, I've uh, been in about four and a half years. I'm a staff sergeant now. And, uh, yeah, okay. I, I'm grateful for the military. It's given me a lot. I mean, education, it's given me the opportunity to fly with, you know, having a steady income. But uh, I think yeah. once my contract's up here, I'm going to – part ways of active duty i'll probably stay in the reserves but uh i'm actually right now attending in the spring liberty university online um and liberty okay. university have you ever heard of it like are you so no. they actually it's pretty cool they have a flight program and it has a restricted atp so you can go take that test when you uh when you have a thousand hours um and you can punch your you know your resume in for the the regionals but liberty university okay has a flight training affiliate program with like 88 schools, flight training schools. And you do your prior, it's like a professional pilot degree. Uh, it's a bachelor's degree in aviation online. You do all your classes online and you go to the flight school and you fly. Now I, in the military, if you're active duty, I know reserve and guard get it too, but you get a TA uh, stipend. So I used my TA stipend up for that degree in legal studies so I'm using my post 9-11 GI Bill. Uh, and are you familiar with like how the U.S. military has like a GI Bill where it like pays for school? No. So I'm if not. you do, I believe it's 36 months of service, you get a, a GI Bill. That's what they call it. I think it happened after the Vietnam mm -hmm. War. Um, but 
yes. you, the, the VA, the veterans association will pay for you to go to school. Um, and they will give you a housing stipend for the area you live in. And if you go to a degree program, that's like an aviation degree program, they'll pay for it all. Okay. And Liberty university. Really? Yeah. So I, I activated my GI bill while I'm on, while I'm so active duty, I won't collect the, uh, it's called BAH. It's the housing allowance. So like whatever the average housing allowance is where you live is what you get every month. But, uh, I won't collect that, but they're going to pay for my flight training and my degree. So I did the math and I talked to the VA and it's $78,000 for, um, and you're saving that. Like, yeah. I'm not spending crazy. any of it. I mean, the, I, I, I've done my time for the government. So I, the government's kind of, I guess, given me that time back <laughs> with uh, the money for flying, That's but crazy. no, it's awesome. And if anybody's interested in aviation and they don't know how you know to fund it, well, I would recommend if you know don't have the competitive academic scores or you know you don't want to go through pilot training in the Air Force, just do four years in the military, um, get your GI Bill. But Liberty University has um, that flight training program, and I'm going to be flying out of an airport in Manassas, Virginia, uh, doing my okay. – I'm going to start my instrument in February. I have to go to a training course in January, so that got kind of postponed. But I do instrument, and then from there in the States, we move on to our commercial, and then um, my GI Bill will cover my CFI, my I, my multi-engine, and then my MEI, my multi-engine instructor. And then from there, I mean, I don't know where I'll end up. Um, my girlfriend actually is applying for CRNA school. So we're, it's kind of, you know, wherever she ends up going, we're going to go. But, you know, yeah. whatever happens, we'll roll the that's punches. That's crazy. Yeah. yeah. I mean, first of all, that's crazy that, like, you're able to, to do that. And it, you basically come out with Dude, no debt, awesome. essentially. Yeah. Because, like, you, you just basically worked – like worked really hard spent four years doing this and all of a sudden it's like we'll help you out back like you scratch our back we'll yeah. scratch yours and all of a sudden next thing you know you're you're coming out of it without debt and you're going into the industry like that's amazing because a lot of people come out and they're going into the industry like way behind, like financially. Debt, yeah exactly well and it's but like it depends where you go too because like every flight school or even if you're going through like a, a specific school like flight schools and colleges, universities, like everyone kind of has different set prices. So everybody's coming out with different amounts of debt, but like that's the dream for so many people is to come out with zero debt and also be able to go into the industry and just start making. Yeah. Money and the one thing like I've heard, if you can't fund it, like everyone's like, just take on the loans, worry about the money later. The money will eventually come. I mean, your first, you know, five, 10 years in aviation, you're probably not going to be making that much money but you're doing something you love. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, there's that. And eventually the money will come. I, I mean, I'm no, I mean, I'm still in training, so I have no idea, you know, what the pay's like, but I know starting out, it's yeah. pretty tough, but I mean, you can't beat flying. Like, I... <laughs> no, that's the thing is you, that's a job that eventually once you're making the big bucks, like you're going to be able to sit there and be like, that was all worth it. Like all the money spent, or I guess in your set, in your case, like not spent, you know, you just worked and ended up getting like a really sick, sick, like deal out of it. Like all the time you put into that and everything, like it's worth yeah. it. That's the one thing like, and you're doing what you want to do. Like I found it interesting too, at the very beginning of the podcast, you're talking about how, like kind of how you're, you're going to go into something else. Everyone kind of told you like, you should stick with like the flying thing, whatever. I had like very similar experience as far as that went. And I very like, it was very close to kind of like what you were doing. Like I was kind of aiming for another career and I was just kind of like, as far as confidence went, I didn't really think I could do it. Like in aviation, I didn't think I was kind of cut for it and that I'd be able to actually like fully make a job out of it and make a lifestyle out of it. And I ended up just, uh, like getting into basically getting into what I was going to do and then realizing it wasn't for me and kind of falling back on it. Same as what you were saying. And uh, like, it's, it's something that you realize at some point during like even your PPL training that you're like, I get to do this like for a job and people are actually going to pay me to like do something that like I love. Yeah. Yeah. 
and it's it's the coolest. Well, thing. it's funny you say that because I've said like on a multitude of occasions, uh, like my CFIs, and I remember on my check ride when we were we were flying back over like Annapolis, right over the Naval Academy. I remember we were passing over Navy's football stadium, and I was like looking down. I'm like, this mm. is badass. And I looked over at the 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 DPE, and I was like, sir, I can't wait to be able to do this and get paid. It's awesome. Like I love this so much. And he just looked over. He's like, it is pretty awesome. And he was like you think you did pretty good today? And I was just kind of like, uh, it's the trick question. Like, and I was like, I, I think I uh, met the standard, sir. And he was like, I think you did too. And I was like, okay, I think I passed. And we we're coming in and we hadn't done a forward slip yet. And I was like, oh, is he going to make me do a forward slip? Like, let's just get this check right over with. And he didn't say anything. We landed and I, he still hadn't said anything. And I was like, oh, okay, come on, man. Just give me the official you're good. And we got out. I was tying down the plane. He was like, yeah. okay, let me get a picture of you as a private pilot. And I was like, oh, okay, God. I was like, thank you. Like, oh man. Yeah. I had that same thing. I was like freaking out. Cause I was like, they don't <laughs> tell you until like the plane shut down. Like you're, you're just sitting there. Like your face is red. You're just holding your breath, like waiting for them to like, give you some sort of yeah. like answer. Oh, yeah. I, I was, uh, I was, I was definitely, I, was so stressed. I remember, so I have a funny story about my check ride day. I, uh, I prepared the night before I didn't go to bed till like 11. Cause I was making sure I had everything right. But, um, my girlfriend and I went to the gym like a couple hours before and we drove in her car and the, the fob key to get into our gym is on both our keys. So I just, when we got back in the car from the gym, we had to go to the grocery store. I threw my keys in her console and totally forgot about them. I woke up in the morning and my girlfriend, um, she's a nurse in D.C., and she calls me when she gets to work, and she's like, you're going to kill me. And I'm like, what? And she's like, your keys are in my car. And I was like, oh, my God. And it's like I got up really oh. early before my check ride. I think it was – I think we started at 8.30, and it was probably 6 when she called – or like 6.30 when she called me. So I was like, all right. Um, and I had a spare key in the house, but I did not have – a spare key to our house and i'm like i'm not gonna leave our house unlocked like i mean we only live like eight minutes outside dc so you know anyone could anybody could yeah. you know come into our house and steal everything and it would be our fault completely because <laughs> we didn't lock the door so i me being i mean i'm i'm in law enforcement i was like i'm not leaving this house unlocked and have everything stolen you know so i yeah. drove all the way to dc drove all the way back locked the door i put a sandbag in front of the door like as i was closing it from the inside so if someone tried to kind of open the door it would <laughs> nudge a little bit and um and then i said so i was walking out to the car got in to go drive to the airport my coffee spills all over me and i was just like are you serious and i was like i don't have time to change so i drove to the airport smelled like coffee pants are wet and i got in and I told the I like explained to the DP because he was like, "You're all right," and I'm like, "Sir, I've had a morning," and I explained everything, and he was like, "All right." He was really really cool guy, like very chill, and he was like, "Just relax, yeah. it's okay," and he like went through the run through, and he's like, "But look, I am highly confident that you're gonna pass," and that just kind of reassured me that I was like, "All right, okay, I got this," but I was still stressed, I was still overthinking everything, mm. and but once I got in the plane, I felt a lot better. Um, but yeah, that that check ride. Well, yeah, it's hard enough. It's that check ride day is stressful. Oh, for sure. And like the thing is too is like when you think about it, you have so many tests to go through, like just to get all the way to the like the finish line. You got to do your commercial, your your multi, your IFR, yep. all that stuff. It's like that very first one to get out of the way is always so nice because like you got one done and you can just like you're like I can do yeah. all the rest now because I've been able to successfully do one. But like. I can I cannot imagine the type of day you had because like it is you wake up and you're freaking out like from the second you wake up because you're like hey yeah. I, do I have everything am I planned did I make a mistake the night before like you're just like you're going through like an imaginary checklist in your head and then to have that happen like holy crap you must like you must have been freaking I think out I like, just I can imagine like that must have been a crazy I remember crazy time. like for a second I was really pissed and I was like all right it's reality let's just, I'm going to go get the keys. Of course, like my GPS took me the longest way through the city in DC and I missed a couple yeah. turns and I was just like, man, <laughs> like really, I was like, really God, come on, man. <laughs> like, 
you know, do it's going to be a long today. one. But uh, no, it all worked out. I mean, it's funny. One of my buddies, he's a C-17 pilot, and I called him after the check ride. I was like, dude, like today was just a day. And he was like, bro, every check ride I've had, something goes wrong. Like, if something doesn't go wrong, it's not a check ride. <laughs> like, it's it's a weird yeah, time. Yeah, so around, right? we'll see what happens on my IFR check rides. <laughs> <laughs> Well, the one thing too, like the the good thing I found about the check rides is like it's kind of like riding a bike in the sense that once you get the ground portion done, like you show up, you you kind of meet them, you see kind of how they're going to test you, you get like a good idea of how things are going to go, and then once they ask you all those like questions on the ground and they're done with that, I found that like your confidence level rises a bit because mm-hmm. you're feeling good about that. But once you hop in the plane, it's like you just you just kind of like know what you're doing just from having done it so many times that like I found like I was really nervous right up until I got into the plane and it's like you just kind of go like you just know what you're supposed to yeah, do you no, yeah you're right and the, so with my checker I don't know how yours went but my DP made me do the landings first and I was actually cool with that oh, okay. I was, like that was the one thing because this strip is 2400 feet long 40 feet wide you're either coming over the interstate or these huge trees. So it's like, it's a challenge <laughs> to get it down. And originally I was supposed to go do it at a towered field, but one of the DPEs who I was supposed to do it with got okay. sick. So he was like, Hey, I'm not doing check rides anymore. So when I found out I was yeah. doing it at my airport, I was like, okay, damn it. But it, I, it all worked <laughs> out. I remember on my, uh, my short field landing, I caught like a crosswind a little bit and it threw me off course and I lost some altitude and, I got lined back on the runway, but I was sinking, and I just, like, put in a ton of power. And I got to my point, but when we were debriefing, he's like, hey, on the short fields, man, you don't need to add that much power. And I was like, oh, sir, I just wanted to get on the point. He's like, it's not that serious, man. I was like, oh, okay, sir. But my CFI <laughs> would be like, you didn't touch down on the point. <laughs> but it, he was doing that just yeah. to make me, you know, the he's, best he's... possible private pilot I, I could possibly be. Yeah, like they want to they want to push you to make sure that you you do like you meet the expectations higher than what oh, yeah. you're supposed to. That's what I found at least. Like personally, like I uh, like my instructor was already doing like a lot of like commercial stuff with me along the way because he was really trying to push like my like my training level so that I was like doing commercial type stuff like for PPL nice. type training like. And they try to really push you to just like, I hundred percent agree with what you're saying. Like they really want to push you to be like the best you can be. And they want to make sure that every time you do stuff, it's perfect that even though like the, the check ride examiner might kind of give you a little bit more like leeway, like they don't want to give you that. Cause they don't want you to feel like you have that. They want you to make sure you're just, yeah, like, no, yeah, you're everything. right. I remember on my, on the steep turn, um, I remember my my instructor would like kind of nail the coffin on like altitude and airspeed, make sure altitude and airspeed are good. And <laughs> on the check ride, yeah. I freaking caught my own weight turbulence. And I was like, let's go. <laughs> and it was like that perfect steep turn. And I was just like, and he didn't even make me do a right steep turn. I remember it was just a left steep turn. And I think that's solidified it, but it was just so much. The, I, the check ride, I wouldn't say it was easy, but I just, it wasn't as stressful as I thought it was going to be, but I give credit to my CFI, like my flight instructor. Um, my primary one, his name's Nick. Cause he yeah. just like getting, he got me there. He was so like, he just drilled in my head all the time. Like you need to like exceed the standard, exceed it. And there were some days I was like, man, yeah. like either I suck or this guy just hates me, but I, it, it was all worth it. And I, I, I would rather have constructive criticism than someone be like, good job all the time. I, I really appreciate that, like, feedback yeah, all the time. And you feel sometimes overwhelmed in the cockpit. You're like, okay, dude, like, I'm trying to fly and you're talking to me. But, <laughs> I mean, that's what you need. Yeah. Well, no, I agree 100%. Like, I I think I mentioned this, too, like, a while ago in one of, like, my first podcasts that at some point in my career I switched instructors. And the second instructor I got was just, like, like everything I needed out of an instructor as far as like feedback went was this guy. Like, and same as what you're saying there, like we would get in the plane, we'd do stuff and like, it would be like, yeah, you did good here, but you have to do this. And like, it was always like telling you like in a very constructive way, what you have to fix 
and what you're doing good at but like you knowing your areas of improvement are always better than just thinking that you're like flawless all the time and just having somebody tell you like everything's good you're doing fine you're Mm -hmm. like within the standards or whatever like it's it's good to have that person that's able to tell you like your airspeed should have been a bit higher or lower here and like you should have been able to bank a bit more whatever like whatever it may be like it's always good to have that person who can sit there and like yeah be be real with you and like tell you yeah yeah, how it is my flight instructor i had three the first one was um he was i I remember he was from israel and he had like a, a very thick accent so anytime he would like yell at me it would get very hard to like he would like yell and it's not he wasn't trying to be rude but like that was just him like he would get it wasn't in like an aggressive tone it was just like him trying to tell me hey you're doing this wrong but half the time i couldn't understand him because his accent was so thick and i was just like oh sir (laughs) and uh but then i ended up getting another (laughs) cfi his name was mike he was awesome super cool guy he got me up to soloing he like built that confidence up for me and then covid hit and then when we got back to flying um nick my cfi he just like he was everything that I needed in the sense of like someone that was, I, there wasn't much praise, but that was a good thing because he was always correcting me. And I appreciated that because I knew there was, I'm very like critical of myself and I knew that I was so far behind. I was not where I needed to be. I mean, it took me 90, I was up almost at 90 hours for my check ride. And, um, I mean, everyone moves at their own pace, but I knew at 60 hours, I was like, there's no way I can do this check ride yet. Like that, I was just real with myself. I was like, I have to be, you know, honest with myself. And there is no way I'm near check ride. Like yeah. I, I'm not ready to do it, but I eventually got to it. And that's another thing, you know, people, you can't lose hope. You gotta be, you always have to remain positive and you're going to have those really bad days, but that's going to happen. Like it, I mean, you could be, I, I talk to my dad about this all the time because when I call him, when I've had those bad days, he's not like, it's okay, buddy. He's real with me. He's like, okay, what are you going to do about it? Like, are you going to sit there and you're going to pout, you're going to moan, or are you going to, you know, own up to it, learn from your mistake, move on and have a good flight the next day? Like, cause that's what you have to do in aviation. He's like, I have, yeah. you know, 8,000 hours flying a KC 10, but I still have really bad landings. Sometimes I still make mistakes. Like, and you, if you let it beat yourself up, you're going to struggle. So it, having, especially having mm-hmm. someone that you can go to outside of, you know, your flight school and, be like hey you know this happened have a mentor um that really helps because sometimes you just need someone outside of you know your your training environment to be like dude stop being a little you know what like <laughs> yeah, yeah like, like it's gonna back, happen like, just keep suck going. it up <laughs> accept it learn from it and move on because you know honestly the mistakes and you know the the days where you scare yourself are the best days because you walk away from it the airplane's fine and you learn something new Mm-hmm. you learn you learn different ways to to go about your train and that's the thing like you think there's times where you think you know what you're doing and then you realize oh yeah you still have so much to learn about like it's it's the craziest thing like the plane in in the big picture of like aviation like the planes you're flying now and the planes that we're training on like they're so small compared to what you'll end up flying one day but there's still so much to learn about just such a small plane that mm-hmm. can only hold like four people compared to like what you're going to end up flying one day. And it just goes to show you like if you have like years, you could have years of experience and still be learning things in a four seater. Like, what does that mean about flying like a Boeing yeah, all that 737 automation. or yeah. Airbus 8320? Like it, you're always learning. That's the one thing that like I definitely learned right off the bat. And I feel like a lot of people just learn right off the bat that like, you you get good at what you're doing but there's always those little things that you're learning along the way and there's always those things that are like teaching you even if you don't want to be taught stuff like there's always the days where you'll just walk away like you said like aircraft's fine everything's good but you definitely learn stuff coming back from that and like that's the good thing too about being able to like there's so much freedom in aviation and being able to go stretch your legs and fly places and you know, explore the area, like, from the air and see what's around. Like, just being able to do that teaches you, like, lessons along the way as you're exploring and kind of, like, yeah. going through the whole so what, adventure. what is your goal with aviation? Like, what 
what's your path looking like and then what are you planning on doing so my path is currently like i'm i'm currently working on my commercial license because i know you mentioned earlier you guys do Mm -hmm. like your instrument training first and then you do your commercial if i'm correct um normally like it's it kind of goes both ways in canada for our training but most people go about their commercial training first and then then from there we do like a multi and ifr um yeah like i see i have a buddy who who actually did his multi like already he's working on it now i think he's on his check ride um he did that first to get that out of the way so there's no like way you have to do it but most people just kind of follow that that path of doing the commercial and stuff first and that ended up just kind of being how i did it um i ended up i'm just currently going through the commercial side of it and then from there i'm going to do my multi ifr um so yeah that's that's currently what i'm doing um i i was lucky enough throughout the connections like that i've been trying to make and stuff like that i ended up having a connection with a guy who like he works for a medevac company out of the airport i fly for and he's base manager and uh he offered me a job to like just kind of clean the hangar and do stuff like that and uh whatnot yeah and so i took it of course because i was like it's 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 something in aviation it's something that i'd totally be interested in and uh he basically kind of told me like that eventually if i like if i work hard enough i do well for them that um coming out of my train i'd have an opportunity to hopefully fly for them and like fly medevac starting out so uh like that's that's kind of what i'm hoping for right now is getting into that from my training being finished uh when that's done and then end goal for me is pretty much like airlines something that just gets me flying from like a to b that i'm getting paid for i mean i'd really i'd really like to explore kind of like um like i'm I'm really big on q400s i like them a lot i don't know why like i don't know what it is i've flown on them a few times we have an airline in toronto um yeah. called porter like porter airlines and uh i've always wanted to like somehow in my career like in the early stages start flying for them and kind of explore like the smaller routes that they do and just be able to kind of see like cities in the states and some some places we have up in canada kind of do that that side of flying um but eventually i think like end goal would be kind of like a bigger airline flying some bigger planes um just exploring honestly that's that's kind of like the big thing for me that's why i love aviation so much is because you can explore so many different things and you can see so much and it just like it blows my mind it's it's always blown my mind just the amount of like things you can see in such a small amount of time, like through flying. Like I remember when I was in, when I was in high school, I actually went to Europe um, for Vimy Ridge. Like there was a, uh, like the hundredth anniversary of Vimy Ridge. Um, We ended up, my school ended up going and I, I was lucky enough to, to go. And during the flight from we, we ended up flying from Toronto to like London Gatwick. And I remember like at that point, I didn't want to, like, I wasn't really set on being a pilot. I wanted to do another career and wasn't really kind of like my goal at the time. And I remember just like, like thinking during that flight, like how crazy it was that in seven hours, you can get from one country, like halfway across the world and be seeing other stuff. And like that really like kind of re-sparked the want to fly. And like, I don't know, for me, it's always just been about the adventure and it's always been about just being able to see different things. You, you hit the hit the point on there. I mean, it's aviation. It, it introduced you to so many different things. I, I feel kind of bad sometimes because I, I, whenever I, you know, I'm talking to my girlfriend, I'm like, oh, I love flying. It's the best thing ever. Like you sit there and you just like, you just talk it up. Mm-hmm. Like it's, I mean, it, it sounds like a kid's talking about what, you know, how excited they are for Christmas, like literally. And she's sitting there and she's like, oh, you know, I feel bad because she's like, well, I hate nursing. Like, it's not, I don't like it, but I'm like, I love flying. (laughs) But everyone has to do something to get where they want to go. Like, and I mean, with aviation, like, I mean, as you know, what we're called in the Air Force security forces, um, we have to do some really, really crappy things. Like you could be sitting, staring at a plane for 12 hours, just standing there. 
and the freezing cold, like mm-hmm. guarding a plane, or you could be sitting at a, you know, a gate checking IDs for eight to 12 hours. And that stuff's not fun, but it pays the bills to go fly. So if I'm, you know, if I'm at a gate and yeah. I know I'm flying at the end of the day and I see all these pilots coming through in their flight suits and their aviators, and I'm like, Hey, sir, how's it going? And they're, you know, probably not thinking, Oh, this kid's about to get off work and go fly. Like, I just have that smile on my face because I'm like, well, I know I'm going to go fly. So, no, for sure. And like, it's, and that's the thing too is like when you, when you get to the point where you're actually doing what you want to do and you're in the career making the money that pays the bills and all that stuff, you look back and you remember all this stuff Mm -hmm. now and it's like, it was worth it. Like, like I said before in the podcast, like it was worth it. And it was like all the, the grinding, all the getting up early, doing all that sort of stuff to get here. Like, I, I don't regret it sort of thing, you know, like I, I'm happy I did it. Dude, and I've heard so many people say this, so it's like, you need to enjoy though, where you're at. Don't, you know, enjoy flying that 172, enjoy being in training, you know, enjoy the struggle because one day you're going to look back and mm. why, you know, are you going to be happy that you waste all that time complaining, saying, oh, this sucks. This is awful. I hate this. I just want to fly something bigger. I want to fly something better. No, you gotta, you know, you gotta enjoy what you have and, you got to love what you do. And sometimes it's not the most fun, but you got to make the most of it and roll with the punches. I mean, aviation's full of adversity and you just, uh, you'll beat yourself up and you won't make it if you're constantly negative. You got to, you got to have a, you know, a smile on your face and accept your reality and, you know, roll with the punches. Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. Just go with it. Yeah. So I had a quick question before I answer that. Are you going to do like your CFI or are you just going to try to fly for that medevac company? Um, I'm not sure yet. I've kind of, I've kind of left that decision Yeah. for like a bit later. I've decided kind of like right now, my, my main focus mm-hmm. is just going to be like here and now, like just focus on the train I'm doing, like kind of like the task at hand. And then once I get to that point where I've, I've, got the certifications to actually get a job yeah then i'll figure that out and i'll kind of deal with like would i rather instruct you know like what's available to me for a job because i mean at the end of the day you kind of just take whatever you can to get your foot in the door like whatever wherever they tell you like there's (laughs) a plane you fly like yeah you kind of just go you know you exactly (laughs) like you just you just take it and that's kind of like the reality that i've i've definitely understood and i mean with covid too um covid has had a huge impact um like even like right before covid happened i was actually getting ready to do my check ride and i was like i got canceled i think twice or three times um because of bad weather we got bad wind and i think the one day it was like like snowing or something like it was in february and it was just like we all the times i was supposed to go out and get the check ride done we got canceled and I was just so frustrated. And then my flights will shut down for about three months because COVID happened and we, we couldn't actually fly anymore. So that was like, it was, it was a huge kind of adversity that I had to go through of just like trying to stay prepared while I wasn't flying and trying to do all that stuff. And it definitely like going back on what you said about kind of just staying positive, I ended up like, that's why I created this account and started doing podcasts because I realized that like we're all very similar. We're all trying to get the same the same goal. We all like flying, all that stuff. And I was like, how many people can I connect with? And how how much of a community can I kind of create where we all have like the similar love of aviation? We're all from different places and we're all from different spots, but like why not try to bring the positivity in and just like make connections with people and you know, see how other people do their stuff. So it was a lot of adversity when all that stuff happened, but it definitely, it opened a lot of doors for me. And uh, I kind of learned a lot too, that you can't really plan out what's going to happen and you kind of just have to roll with the punches. Um, so with like the whole adversity and things not going your way, my dad, right. This was back in, I think it was like March. So um, I was, or it was February. I went home. Uh, my girlfriend and I went to go visit our, my family. Uh, there was my dad stationed out in California and the base that they okay. that my dad's station at was the first place where COVID people came, like all the COVID patients. And I remember we were working out at the gym on base and running around the track, and I saw all these people. You know, you had the Department of Homeland Security walking around with their guns all kitted up, 
making sure these people didn't leave. And I was like, oh, funny, this isn't going to be anything. You know, fast forward two months and everything's locked down. And my dad was supposed to go to United um, and he was getting out of the Air Force. And two weeks before his training, they called him and they're like, hey, uh, you know, training's put on a hold. We don't know when the next date's going to be, but your job offer still stands. And he was on terminal leave for the Air Force getting out. And he had that like, oh, shit, adversity Mm -hmm. moment. Like, what am I going to do? I'm getting out of the military. I'm not going to have a job. And he actually had to, you know, resign a couple of years with the Air Force. And it's not what he wanted to do. He's been I met. he told me he's been wanting to go to the airlines since, you know, we were kids, but it wasn't the best decision for, you know, the family. Uh, And he he told me he's really lucky back in 2007 he wanted to go to the airlines and his commander sat him down and said, you have a family, don't do it. Well, you know, the, the stock market crashed in 2008 and the airlines fell and he was like, thank God I didn't go then. And then, you know, COVID hit. So, you know, third time yeah. of charm for him, hopefully, but uh, yeah, adversity. Yeah. It, it, it's no joke, but to get back to your question, sorry, I, I went on a rant. Um, so what I, my career path, like you said, it's kind of up in the air. I mean, I'm going to do, I mean, I have the GI Bill, so I'm going to go all the way from most likely I'm going to do, you know, my CFI, I, and MEI and all that. Um, I probably will flight instruct. Yeah. Just given that uh, it's one of the most versatile jobs you can do living really anywhere. I need for, there's, I mean, there's already a shortage of pilots and there's yeah. a massive shortage of flight instructors. So, uh I, you know, wherever my uh, girlfriend goes back to school, that's where I'll probably end up flight instructing. And then when I, uh, I, I'll probably put in a package to try to fly in the reserves in the Air Force um, and, you know, just build my hours doing the CFI gig and whatever opportunity presents itself, whether it's, you know, cargo, airlines, uh, you know, I'll take it. Getting paid to fly anything will be awesome. I don't know what that feels like yet. <laughs> But, uh, but yeah, no, I, I, dude, I'm just yeah, going to be able to sure. fly and to, to have my health and just to be fortunate enough to go up in an airplane. I mean, who's, you know, the majority of people in the world aren't fortunate enough to have the funds or to have the means or, you know, the education to be able to go up and, and fly. And it, it's just awesome, bro. I, I highly recommend anyone if they have that little itch just to go take a flight or, yeah, you know, just go experience it. Oh, for sure. It's it's crazy to just think too. Like like I've taken a few people up since I've had my PPL, and uh, like one of the coolest things I find up like where I live is going yeah. and like flying to Toronto and going downtown Toronto, um, like flying around the CN Tower, all that stuff. And there's been a few people I've taken to do that, and when I like when I've done that and you see their reaction. Yeah. how crazy it is and you sit there and you're like i get to do this like as long as as long as i'm making money that i can like financially mm-hmm. support myself to do this like i can do this and it's like you sit there and realize how crazy that is to someone who like doesn't fly very often and doesn't get to experience that sort of thing like how lucky you actually are to to be able to just hop into a plane and go wherever and just like explore and like literally just the, the coolest yeah. thing is flying to another airport just to get food or something like just something as simple as that. But you get to fly like an hour somewhere that would take you way longer to just hop in your car and go do. And it's it's crazy. It's also crazy just how small the aviation world is, like the amount of people you meet who kind of know like a ton of other people that, you know, and you realize like how tiny the world of aviation is. So one of my dad's really good buddies, um, my dad had shot me text and he's like, Hey, you know, blah, blah, blah at Andrews. And uh, he flies air force one. Now my dad's buddy. And we met up for lunch and it was so weird. Cause I'm like, Holy crap. I'm sitting, I was like, I, I mean, I've known this guy for since I was a kid, but I'm sitting there, you know, eating pain express with him, like starstruck, like, yeah. Holy crap. I'm sitting here with the air force one. Pilot. Like, and, but it, yeah, it's such a small community. Funny. Uh, my uh, second flight instructor, he, uh, we it was so weird when we our first flight he's like where are you from i'm like oh, i'm from the bay area in california he's like oh no way i'm from the bay area in california and i was yeah and then i'm like oh that's cool bro 
And I'm like, uh, <laughs> where, do you, where do you live? Out in, do you live in D.C.? He's like, yeah, I live out in Noma. And I'm like, no way. Uh, my girlfriend, she used to live out in Noma. And turns out him and his girlfriend live in the same apartment my girlfriend used to live in. I'm like, oh, this is really weird. And then I'm like, what? And he was like, so, uh, like, what does your girlfriend do? I'm like, oh, she's a nurse in D.C. And he's like, you're joking. I'm like, no. And he's like, my girlfriend's a nurse in D.C. I'm like, what the hell, dude? Why do we have so much in common? And then he was like, we were talking a little bit longer on the flight. And he's like, so, you know, what's your parent? What do your parents do? And I was like, oh, my dad's a pilot. He's a, he's going to United. And my, and he was like, dude, my dad's a pilot at United. And I was just like, what the hell? Like, it's a small community, but then, you know, you run into those people that you're like, like what the yeah. hell, dude? Like, are we? It's like our stepbrothers. We're like, do we just become you best so friends? <laughs> That's the best people, the best views. It's oh, expensive, sure. but once you get paid to do it, you know, it won't be as expensive. <laughs> and the thing, like, the coolest thing, too, that I find is, like, a lot of the time, like, you would think that some of the people that are higher up and in the position that we technically want to be in, you know, you, like, a lot of those people yeah. want to help you. Like, they want to give you, like, little pieces of advice and little tips. And, like, they don't just sit there and be like, I'm better than you, whatever, like, They'll, they'll kind of give you those little like words of advice and be like, yeah, keep going with it, you know, like keep pushing forward doing this, like um, just like the amount of like help that's out there and stuff and people that are willing to to give you a hand and stuff like that. Like it, it's crazy. It, I honestly never thought of it like that. And ever since I made this account, ever since I started kind of doing podcasts with people, I've really learned like how different it was. Um, from the way I thought it was originally like everybody really just wants to help everybody get to that same goal and it's it's competitive in the sense that it's not though because everybody wants to be in the airline but yeah. it's not like people don't want to help each other out and like once you have like you make friends in aviation stuff like that like you end up just kind of always giving each other tips back and forth it's funny you say that like just <laughs> it's not even pilots but in aviation the aviation community like Today, I, so whenever I'm, you know, like a mobile police unit, I am on the flight line most of the day, just hanging out. I go into the hangars, dude, at Andrews. I mean, they have the DOEs out there, you know, you got the Air Force, you got the Navy. So today I was looking at the C-130s that the Navy has, talking to a couple of the pilots. Um, And then I went over to the other side of the flight line and I was talking with, you know, uh, a couple of the other, you know, I ran into a couple of airplane mechanics that work on the C, I think they're C-42s or something like that and uh, the 757s and um i was yeah. just like talking with them they were fixing uh the the 757 got stripped it had its like total like uh what's it called depot or something like that where they strip the aircraft and uh do like it's it's like almost an annual repair okay. but it's i think it goes hourly on like the bigger jets and apparently one of mm-hmm. when they were doing the depot on the plane mm-hmm. Someone hooked a water valve to the uh, mixture manifold. So obviously the plane, that would not be a good day. <laughs> you know, you get water in the fuel and air mixture. But uh, I was yeah, talking with yeah. him and we got to talk and he's like, oh, how do you know all this about planes? I was like, oh, why? Well, you know, I just got my private. And he's like, oh, okay, well, hey, we got a guy that was a CFI for a long time. He's an airplane mechanic here. Um, he flies for Piedmont. Let me give you his number. And uh, I shot him a text over Facebook and, um, we actually, we connected today and he's like, Oh, I'd love to talk with you. Like, and it's dude, it's like everyone, it's just the people in the community are so cool and everyone's just trying to help everyone. And like you said, it's competitive, but it's competitive amongst yourself yes. and everybody yeah. knows that it's not like a, it's not like a, you're competing with your yeah. peers. I mean, obviously if you're, you know, in the military or once you get into like, you know, your regional or your, you know, your majors, like when you're flying and you're competing for, you know, an aircraft or, a, you know, a, I don't know, maybe flying in a certain area. Um, but, you know, your initial training, it's not, you know, yeah. people trying to stab each other in the back to get ahead, you know? Yeah. No. Yeah. Like the, your biggest enemy becomes yourself because you're trying to just keep bettering yourself and you're trying to, you always want to be better than you were the last time you sat in the plane every time you go back you always want to just make yourself a better version of you and like that doesn't even just go for aviation that just goes for life like you it's always about constantly moving forward it's funny you say that because about a month yeah it's about a month ago my buddy who just passed his uh 
his CFI check rate uh, yesterday. Shout out to to Drew. Guess beast. He did ATP and he like he got to a CFI in like nine months. The guy's an animal. But uh, um, we he uh, was texting me and he's like, hey, so you know what are you gonna do now that you got your private? And originally my plan was to you know. I, I have about six classes left with my legal studies degree. I was going to take a break from school, wait till I get out of the military and then go back to school to get my, you know, get my another degree in aviation and finish off my ratings. But dude, after I haven't actually flown since my check ride because the weather has been mm-hmm. so bad here. Um, it's just been so windy and I want to take my girlfriend up for my first passenger. Yeah. Um, so I'm kind of holding off on that. I'm going fly tomorrow morning. Cause I'm like, God, I got to get up. But, uh, I was, I hadn't flown in about two weeks. And I'm like, you know, it's really expensive just to go out for fun. And I want to keep progressing. Like I already feel like, like, what am I doing? Like. It, yeah. yeah. The second you get the license, it's so confusing. Cause you're like, now my instructor's not constantly yeah, trying like, to uh, set times okay, up that yeah. we can go train. And I, uh, so I did my research, you know, about my GI Bill and I was like, <laughs> I got to do this now because it will work out in the long run for, you know, for me, you know, also for my girlfriend when she goes back to school, cause we were trying to line up, Hey, what, where's a flight school that will accept your, your, your VA loan as well as, you know, a CRNA school that I can go to. It just wasn't working. Yeah. I'm like, I just need to, I want, I wanted to do it. It wasn't more so if I need to, it was like, I gotta do it. I want to like, I want to fly. I want to continue learning. So I am st- I got to go to a training. Uh, I have to go to a, like a training course in January, but um, February, dude, it's like boots on the ground. I'm, I think I have first 14 hours in the sim, but I'm ready to go. I've already made like flashcards studying for IFR and uh, I'm just like, I'm so excited. It's, it's just that like <laughs> that drive, dude, sometimes when I'm going to bed at night, this might be really like dorky, but just to kind of stay up on my stuff, I'll like start going over emergency procedures, like engine out you know like engine fire and i'm just like man i wish i was fine <laughs> yeah yeah no i agree 100 percent. like that's it's the coolest thing to be able to just sit there all day and like you want to get up and then you finally like get a good day to go and even if you worked or whatever previous to that you get to go out to the airport and it's it, it makes the day so much better because you're like later today i could have the worst day but later today i get to go flying and it's like it makes your day and it makes you so happy compared to like other things and honestly that's what shows like that's what shows me personally that I'm in the right career and that I know that I'm doing the right path for myself because I get eager the same as like what you were saying there I get eager to do all that stuff and like that's that's what just tells me that like you're on the right track right now on Spotify there's this Top Gun uh, playlist I think it's called Fighter Pilot playlist or something like that and i'll throw it on it has like all these old rock <laughs> songs that like you just feel like you're like watching top gun like and it just gets me going and like i like <laughs> the best is uh i have a really funny story about my cross country so do you guys have to do like you know your long cross country i think it's like 150 miles go to touch like go to two or three yeah. different airports and uh that day i remember yeah uh, it was like the night before and my instructor hit me up like, hey, really good weather and aircraft opened up. You want to do your check ride or your uh, cross country tomorrow? It's your last one. I'm like, hell yeah. Like, cool. Yep. So it's nine o'clock at night. I have to be up at work at three o'clock in the morning. And I'm like, well, let's uh, get this E6B out and uh, start plotting this flight. <laughs> yeah. So it's like 11 o'clock. I'm going to bed. I'm like, <laughs> let's oh, start planning. I'm get this in the morning. <laughs> I get up and. I'm just like super pumped like, okay, I'm doing the cross country last one today. Um, I was a little nervous, um, but, uh, you know, I, I did my day of work. Uh, I got off work and I was beat. So I was like, all right, I'm going to chug this energy drink. Uh, I, you know, I slammed it in the car, went to the airport. I flew down, you know, to ocean city down to the beach. It was <laughs> super cool. Like, dude, you, you come in and you're like coming in on a, like a straight final, just looking at the ocean. And you, or you're, you know, you're coming in and when you take off, you take off out into the ocean. It's so cool. You like, you know, make a left base turn, you exit the pattern, you're flying down the coastline and you're just like, man, like this is where it's at. And I was, you know, beat tired that day. I mean, I, I was good, but I was pretty tired and I, you know, looking along the coastline, I was like, man, this is all worth it. Like, holy crap. And, uh, 
dude i i remember it was like yeah. one of that i remember that day was like okay i kind of feel like a pilot a little bit and even now i don't feel like you know the term pilot because i'm surrounded by all these you know you know like these alpha dudes that are you know fighter pilots Military and, guys and you know, fly air force one and i'm sitting here like well, yeah i'm a cop in the air force that's uh, not i had using the the term pilot very lightly i always throw in <laughs> private first <laughs> so they're like yeah so these guys they're like who is this delusional yeah, kid so thing, like, they're aware. like saying he's a pilot <laughs> no he's not <laughs> Thank you so much for joining me today, man. I I really have appreciated you coming on the show and being able to chat with you and and for everyone still listening, I uh, I really appreciate it. Um, once again, thank you, uh, Demarco. Thank yeah, you, yeah. Thanks, man. For I appreciate it, bro. I hope everybody enjoys the rest of their week.